Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Welcome to this special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. In just a minute, you're going to hear myself and my wife and business partner, AJ, do a debrief recap and summary of our most recent interview with our big takeaways. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to let you know that people often ask us, What is the first step to building a personal brand? And if that is you or someone you know, then you have come to the right place because we have put together for you a free video short course to help you get started. Just visit firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get access. In it, we're going to walk you through what exactly is the genesis of a personal brand and the six key questions that every personal brand must be able to answer, but that almost none ever do. So go ahead and visit again, firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get started, and we'll see you there. Now on with the recap. Welcome to the special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand. Such an honor to be breaking down our interview with Donald Miller. And I just have to say up front, like we have learned so much from Donald. We love Story Brand. We love the SB7 framework and we love this dude. Like he is such a quality guy and and just, just friggin' smart, 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 smart. So if you haven't listened to the interview, go listen to the interview, read the Story Brand book, do the Story Brand stuff. They are amazing. And I thought some of the things that he shared on this interview, because we've interviewed him before and we know him so well, was actually quite unique. Not things from his book necessarily and not things that I had heard him say so many times. So, babe, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, and I would just say this was actually one of my favorite interviews on all of our episodes so far. And I think the reason why is it wasn't about his book. It wasn't about the framework and it wasn't about the business. It was about his personal brand and his take on what it takes to make it and the benefits and the risks and the pains and the rewards mm. along the process. And that's yeah. why I loved it. Well, and he made a big jump. Yeah. Like a lot, you, may, you may not all realize the massive shift in personal brand. Not many people at his level make such a mm-hmm. dramatic shift. Which is funny because I was a Donald Miller follower way before Rory. Yeah. Yeah. Donald was. That's true. I was hooked at Blue Like Jazz, which is an amazing book. When did you read read that book? Oh my God, it had to be over a decade ago. Well, well, it had to be before that. It was before we were together. Yeah, well, a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) um, Golly, you make me feel so old right now. Sorry. So yeah, no, I love that. I loved this. I loved this interview. And I'm looking at my notes right now because I actually took a lot of notes and I think this is really amazing. I think the biggest thing, they're not the biggest thing, but my first thing I would say is this concept of what does it take to reinvent yourself Mm. at that level? 
when you have become so well known for one thing, in his case, it was Christian memoir. memoirs. Mm-hmm. How do you go from that to being a branding business strategist? Yeah, millions of copies, millions I mean, of copies he had sold. That's a big jump. That's a very big jump to go from this very niche Christian market to no, I'm now I'm a business branding expert. Mm. How do you do that? And how does that whole process work? And here's what I love because I'm not one who likes to ease into things. So I think maybe this resonated <laughs> with me because this is very much my style. It's like, hey, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. He goes, here's the thing. This is my paraphrasing of what he said, but this is how I interpret it anyway. He said, it's going to take time for people to relearn the new you, right? They're going to have to reassociate themselves with the new you. And so why would you confuse them in the process by trying to blend your past and your future for any amount of time? And that just made a lot of sense to me. It's like, well, yeah, in my past, I was a sales and leadership consultant. Why would I confuse my audience for months or years trying to ease them away from this and into my future, which is a personal branding strategist? Why would I do that? It confuses me. It confuses them. It dilutes the message 100%. That made a lot of sense to me. You're looking at me like deer in headlights glazed over. No, I'm just, I'm, I just, I'm just listening to you. Um, and I just thought, you know, that's so true. And it's actually what we did, not necessarily by choice, but it went from one thing to the next overnight. Yeah, it was very stark. It was very stark. And we've seen the benefits of how helpful that was to be so black and white, so stark. So from this to this, there's nothing in and, the middle. And, and to this day, people call us, hey, can you come do <laughs> no, sales we training? Nope. Sorry, not interested. And we're really not. And it's, yeah. uh, and it's <laughs> we're genuinely not interested. <laughs> and it's actually very liberating to be able to go, that's not who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a great word. It is. It's liberating. It is liberating. To and be like, the freedom that it, it gives me inside to go, I don't do that anymore. I love that. Just the clearness and the clarity of, nope, I'm making a pivot. That's not what I do, and I'm not going to confuse anyone in the process, including myself. So to tie that together with one of my top things, which is very much connected to that, is he said, be known for one thing and be disciplined to only do that thing. And so what clicked for me was a large percentage of the clients that we work with at Brand Builders Group, I would say are novice to intermediate. They're earlier in their journey, and we take them through phase one, which is brand identification. But we get all these calls from like pretty well-known celebrity type influencers that have been in the industry a long time because they're not really in phase one. You know, we have four phases. They're really in phase five. They're circling back around. They're in reinvention and they're having to get clear on what is my one thing for the next chapter. I've been this one thing and now I know I'm not that thing anymore. I need help getting clear on what my next one thing is going to be. And it's funny to see, like you can tell from the people who are more intermediate in their journey, you go, wow, this person really has a chance to succeed because they're disciplined about sticking to one thing. And then the experienced people, you go, wow, they're going to break through to an even bigger level because they're still committed to that process of just, I am going to be known for this and I'm going to make sure that I shape the world's perception of me in this way. So that was a big one for me, which also tied to something that I know you want to talk about with the, oh, la- the yes. last election. Yeah, this was, so, oh God, I can't even believe that was four years ago. Yeah, crazy. It's insane, election year. Oh, 
Lord, watch out. So yeah, so I thought this was really interesting. And a lot of the concept was, it's not that the best message wins always. It's really not. Um, sometimes it's the easiest message, the clearest message. Mm. But I love the way he said it. It's, it's the message that's easiest to memorize. Boom. And I was like, yeah. And here's the analogy. And it doesn't matter if you're left, you're right, blue, red, whatever. The point is, like, there's a really great analogy. If you look back at the last election, uh, really in the primaries. Yeah, this really is just a Republican election. thing. So Yeah, just a Republican thing. But what was the message of Jeb Bush? Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea. And, okay. you know, and this well, is the United this, States election we're talking well, about. Well, this of, is the primaries, right? This yeah, from 2016 in the U.S. Yeah. yeah. So, but what was Donald Trump's campaign message? Make America great again. Nobody can deny that they don't know what that is. It's four years later, still remember that thing. And I think it's not that it was the best per se, but it was the clearest. Mm. It was the easiest to memorize. But more importantly, it was the one that you heard over and over and over and over and over and over and over. It was the one that was the most repeated. He had it on hats. He had it on t-shirts. He had it on bumper stickers. He had it all over Twitter. Of course, you know that. He had it all over his messaging. It was everywhere. And that is what we have to do. It is like, it doesn't matter how good it is if no one hears it. And part of that is your job to share it. And that kind of ties in with a little bit of what I really picked up. And it's a little bit of a nuance here. And he said that he works with a ton of artists. And I thought this was really good because as he's talking about, you got to have the clearest message, the one that's easiest to memorize, but you also got to be the one who's willing to repeat it the most. Mm -hmm. And he said, and there's a real challenge with that, with a lot of people in our space and to what I was going to say, um, with artists, he said he lurks with a lot of artists and he said, it's not the most talented that always gets to be the most famous. He said, that's not always what happens. He said, the ones that are willing to work and hustle and promote and brand and get themselves out there and do it over and over and over again. As soon as he was talking, I was like, that's Brett Kissel. That's one of our clients. And mm. his interview is in the Influential Personal Brand Summit. Yeah. Dude, that dude was hustling from age 16 on. Yeah, from He even was a younger. salesman. Yeah, like right? He was selling his music. And he said the real challenge, though, with a lot of artist types, this also could be entrepreneurs who are waiting around on investors or whatever. I, I'd say this is me. I struggle with what you're about to say. How do you know what I'm going to say? Because we talked about it before, because you never put someone on the air if you don't know what they're going to say. <laughs> Thanks, Alberto. <laughs> Sardinius. But no, he said, it's like, here's the thing. There's a real arrogance mm. to people who are not willing to promote themselves. It's counterculture because really you think, oh, the people who are promoting themselves are all self-promotional and it's me, me, me. And he said, no, there's an equal amount of arrogance to the person who goes, you know what? I'm so good. I deserve to be found. Yeah. My business idea is so good. I deserve that investment money. You know, I'm so talented. I shouldn't have to work this hard. I should have somebody catering to me. I should have somebody getting my stuff out there. I've got the talent. Yeah. It's a form of indulgence and arrogance. Yeah. People should find me and I don't want to do the work of promoting. Yeah. And, and I thought- I relate, I relate with struggling and with And you that. know, and again, regardless of your political affiliation, I loved his kind of tying that into this, you know, Jeb Bush, Trump thing. He goes, man, Trump was hustling. And we all remember the message, regardless of how you feel about the outcome. We all remember the message. And I just thought that was really good in terms of, are you willing to promote yourself? Are you willing to share your message and do it again and again and again? I loved it. I thought it was really solid. Yeah, I had never heard Donald say so directly as he did in the interview that 
branding and marketing is an exercise in memorization. Yeah, I love that. Like, you know, I've heard him talk about clarity and being clear. I've heard him talk about how to find the way to tell your story, of course. But just saying it's really an exercise in saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's not just clarity. It's repetitiveness. It's memorization. So that really hit me hard. It also is when we teach about titles, we have this thing called the five title tests. And we talk about why most titles are terrible and some of the mistakes that we've made around titles. One of the title tests is called the memorability test. Mm -hmm. And that half the battle is just being remembered. And if you look at Take the Stairs, the Take the Stairs book, that book fails four of our five title tests, but it is a 1000% on the memorability test because people remember take the stairs. They see the escalator and the stairs, they remembered it. And so that has always been such a mainstay part yeah. of my personal Luckily, brand and journey. I got, and that was just by dumb luck. Luckily, one of them, and one of them worked. So I think memorization, that was a huge yeah. takeaway for me as well. My third takeaway, I'm just going to jump to it and then I'll let you do yours, is he said this, he said, if your goal is to help someone make mm-hmm. money, you will never have to worry about job security. What a great truth and so simple and profound that if you are just trying to help people make money, you'll never have to worry about a job. Like if you get good at mm-hmm. helping other people succeed, I think part of why it hit me is I've been working on our workbook. We have phase three. Phase three. We have our phase <laughs> three event. It's called High Traffic Strategies. It's like a lot of the more advanced traffic strategies and one of them is affiliate marketing. And there's this part in the phase three workbook where I say, look, you know that you're doing affiliate marketing right when you wake up and you're consumed with how do I make my affiliates a whole bunch of massive, passive mailbox money? I want it to be massive, passive mailbox money. When you have that mindset, you're going to attract a lot of affiliates and you're going to make them a lot of money. And guess what happens as a byproduct? You're probably going to make some money out of that too. So, Well, if your affiliates are making money, you're making money. You're making money, right? But it's kind of like, how can I make this easy for them? How can I make this a no-brainer for them and for their audience? Like, what actually moves the needle and could make them real money? And when you lend yourself in a direction like that, not just with affiliate marketing, but with anything, you could be just an employee. I don't mean to say just an employee. I mean, you could be an employee. You could be a business owner. You could be a personal brand. You could be a corporate executive. You can be anybody in the world seeking to add value to anybody else. That's a great life. And you're going to make money. That's the point. And I love that. I'd never heard him say that again so clearly. Yeah. And there's no just in front of anything. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I've I have I'm learned sorry. this hard just... lesson because I write with just in almost every sentence, like just a minute or just this. I'm like, somebody once told me there's never a just before anything. It is, is what it is. Not Thank to you. call you out. Thank you for calling me out <laughs> and for making me feel completely inadequate in front of everybody. No, Sometimes that's, that's just a job no, of a wife. I know. Um, no, that's good. Yeah, that's so my good. third one, because we're going, this is going to be as long as the interview, our recap is. The third one I really love, he said, and I think this is just really relevant why I'm going to bring this back, is because so many of our clients at Brand Builders Group are in that stage of making a pivot, right? They were this, and now they're wanting to do this. Like so many of our people have these huge online social followings and they've been this huge digital influencer, but now it's like they want to take that and they actually want to do something and make a more solidified message and write a book or be a speaker or create a product or they want to solidify all this 
stuff they've been saying into one unified message. And it goes from that, or it goes from the person who just exited their business or just exited a job. And now they want to work on this next phase of their life. Or we have actually a ton of people who have been full-time mommies, which is a full-time job. So man, it's like five jobs. Like I used to say, stay at home mom. I'm like, no, like what, what? Yeah, you're at home, but you're not staying there. I'm exhausted the days I'm home with my kids. Anyways, but they go from like, they've been full-time mommies to now they're doing a side hustle. And it's like, how do I make this pivot? And I just, I love this. He said, anytime you make a pivot, any process of reinvention is going to come with a fair share of haters. That's just to be expected. And he said, but you will lose some, but you will gain more. He said, you will lose some in this pivot. People are going to be mad that you're doing this. They're going to hate on you for doing this because they haven't or they can't or they think they can't. Uh, He said, you're going to have some haters. And he gave this really unique example that uh, was really personal of something that happened online with him here recently Mm -hmm. when he left this Christian-focused wife to to this business strategy life. And he gave this biblical reference of, as we all know, Jesus, you know, one of the parables in the Bible is the story of turning the other cheek. And there was something in the way that he said that, that just immediately made me remember the sermon at church here in Nashville. We go to Cross Point, major props to Kevin Queen. Yeah, yes. Cross Point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he did this amazing sermon series. Maybe it was last year. I don't remember, but I remember the message. Actually, it was Drew that it, did this sermon. No, it wasn't. It was. Yeah, it was true. No, it I'm wasn't. I'm telling you, it was true. <laughs> it wasn't. Anyways, it was it someone was, of the, one of the amazing pastors. It was Chris Nichols. I, I'm pretty sure. It was, uh, it was Chris Nichols because it was a. We'll send it to him. Martin Luther, Luther King holiday. Anyways, message. the point is, <laughs> it was amazing sermon. No, no. Tell, let me tell the, you. The yeah. So the whole point of this is, he said, people get this whole parable of turn the other cheek very confused in the Bible. He said because back in Jewish times and a way for you to turn your cheek this way, and I may get the directions mixed up, not my strong suit, but you would have to have smacked somebody with the left hand. No, if somebody was going to smack you in those times, they would have backhanded you. So they would have hit you from your right to left. But anyways, turn the other cheek meant punch me directly. No, there was a whole nother connotation to that. And how I remember it, he said there was one thing because in order to do that, you wouldn't have been able to like do like this you would have had to do it like this. He said, and if you go with your left hand, he said, that was the hand in which everyone wiped with because they didn't have toilet paper back then. And he said, there was a sign of like, just the absolute disgrace and nobody would have done that. And he said, so to turn the other cheek says, no, you're going to have to use your other hand and you're going to have to treat me with the equal respect that I deserve. And he said, there was a connotation, not just the direction, but the actual hand that you were using. And this idea of turn the other cheek, it isn't to fight back, but it also isn't to cower down and just be belittled. It's not that you just stay in there and take it and you don't stand up for yourself, but you do it in a way that has kindness. You do it in a way that says, I'm not going to stand for this, but I'm also not going to attack you back. It was an act of defiance. It wasn't an act of acquiescing. It's not retaliating, but it's saying, if you're going to hit me, hit me like a man. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not beneath you. If you're going to hit me, you're going to hit me like you're equal. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really good because the way that he shared their response on social media just immediately made me think about that. He said, it's not that you don't respond. It's just you don't respond with 
the equal intensity and hatred in what you're receiving. And he said, and at some point, feel free to take it down. He said, but it's not that you just let the haters go and you don't argue it. But at the same time, you don't have to do it with the intensity and hatred that's out there. He said, because it's just part of life. You're going to have haters. People aren't going to like you. They're not going to like what you do and what you have to say. And if you were this and you're going to this, people are going to not like that. Or they're going to be jealous or confused or whatever they are. That's just part of it. But those people will fall off and you will gain more. You will take the key part of who you had and you will add on to it. So don't be afraid to make that pivot. Don't be afraid to make the change. And don't be afraid of the haters. Just stand your ground. Stand your ground and be rooted in your message, which is why something that we promote at Brand Builders all the time is you have to have a message that you are willing to go to the grave with and that no one can tarnish that message because of what they think. It's your truth. It has to be your truth. And if it is, then let the haters come. Yep. Stand your ground. Be clear. Be direct. Be disciplined. Repeat it often. Just powerful, powerful stuff. On It's such a good interview. Almost like the way of being a big personal brand. So yep. thank you for that, Donald Miller. Totally inspired us and hopefully inspired all of you. Thank you for being here. We'll catch you next time on the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 